everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. Hello, Moncton Wesleyan. Welcome to week two of our new series, Not Done Yet. As long as you are still breathing, God has a purpose for your life. Well, guess what? This weekend, my wife and I are hiking in Cape Breton, but you have a special treat today, and I want to introduce to you one of my heroes to teach from God's Word. In 1973, Dr. L.D. Buckingham became the lead pastor of Moncton Wesleyan and for 40 years led this church to amazing influence all throughout Atlantic Canada and around the world. And today it is our honor to welcome, would you put your hands together and give a good welcome, everybody in the room, everybody online with us, give some love to Dr. B right now. Uh, This is Joshua chapter 14, 9 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. Hold it. I got to get some sound here somehow. 85 years old, did you say? And he had been holding on to this vision for 45 years. And he was as strong at 85 as he was at 40. Hallelujah. 85. 85 years old. And uh, verse 11, it says, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord had said. Wait a minute. There were all these giants and all these obstacles, and he is still hanging on to that vision, that dream. says, give me this mountain. Better believe it. I tell you, I say hallelujah. And that's the kind of God we serve that can give us that strength when we have a vision. Well, I want to thank Pastor Joel for the invitation. And I'll tell you what I have to say. I am so thankful to be able to call Joel Gravett my pastor. And there's no couple that I know of anywhere that have, uh, are more gracious than Pastor Joel and Tracy, and we are so honored that they can be our leaders here in this church as well as the other people on the team. Amen. That's right. Well, you know, I do something rather strange that some people would find strange. I read the obituaries every day. Now, it's not to see if I'm in there. That's an old joke. But really, you would not believe why. It's not even to find out who died. It's to look in the obituaries and see how many people died who are younger than I am. And unfortunately, the majority are younger than me. That's a little disturbing. And uh, I, I also just heard this past week that the longest-lived pope ever in the last 200 years, 
lived only to be 86 years of age. What a tragedy to die so young. And, and uh, yet, I was also encouraged a little bit. And, all, and Caleb, oh my, he's probably the biggest encouragement to me of anybody that I can think of, that he was, had this vigor. Can't you just hear that coming through in his spirit? I'm as strong today as I was 45 years ago. Well, anyway, I just read about Senator Grassley from Iowa, who has been in politics since he's 23. He's been a senator forever. And he is now 87. And he's deciding whether to learn, run again. And he's made the decision at 88, he is going to run again to be the senator from Iowa, which will make him 96 when he gets finished. I just recently did my funeral. Now, don't get worried. And not, this is not imminent, but I wanted to kind of get everything ready. But I did put the date on it, 2035. So that's a while yet. I uh, also saw in the paper yesterday, maybe some of you saw it, uh, a, a mechanic in uh, Shediac who is still going strong at 92. And there's a picture of him and his wife and a big smile on his face uh, because he was enjoying his purpose and was being fulfilled by his purpose. And so it's just great to see that kind of thing. I just heard recently about a park attendant who's 100 years old and somebody else I saw that was learning to bodybuild at 80, no, at 60-some years old, still doing it at 85. So I think there is hope for all of us to have more to do and more that will be a blessing to others. But it's just so sad that so many people get old and sour. I remember hearing this young boy talk about his grandfather. He said he has OCD. And they said, oh, you mean he's got obsessive compulsive disorder? No, he said he's old, cranky, and dangerous. Well, that's kind of what happens when people don't have any real purpose in life. One young guy said about his grandmother, who loved his grandmother, he said, I hope you live all your life. And that's what we want to see happen. People who will not be done until they're done. And they can live their whole life and enjoy that living of their whole life, no matter what the circumstances. Because these weren't easy circumstances for old Caleb. I remember hearing about a guy, he, he retired, and his wife said to him, what are you going to do today? He said, nothing. She said, that's what you did yesterday. He said, I'm not done yet. Well, a lot of people are dead before they're done just because they don't have any real purpose. And I say it over and over again, I don't mind repeating it. Life is not about pleasure, not about taking it easy. Life is about purpose. And when we have a purpose that is the right purpose and a purpose that we can feel good about, that is our pleasure. That's where we get the pleasure. That's where we get the joy. That's where we get the blessing. And that's how we can be a blessing to other people. I'm having the time of my life. And I've got three more years to go before I'm old as Caleb, but I never felt better in my life. But part of it is purpose. Recently, I preached at Calvary Pentecostal Church in Sussex. You see it as you drive by Sussex, a big church there. And when you preach to the Pentecostals, they punctuate for you. 
I'm telling you. And so the next Sunday, two Sundays later, I'm preaching at St. Mary St. Bartholomew's Anglican Church in their 9 o'clock traditional service and their 11 o'clock contemporary service. And I'm having the time of my life preaching to those Anglicans. And they were responding. In fact, they were almost as bad as the, no, as good as the Pentecostals, uh, the way they responded. And, and, and so we don't have to give up and give in. And we have so many great examples of people who have not done that. And they continue on and they bring great blessing to others. And one of the best examples that we could ever find is this great example of this man, Caleb. I want you to notice three things about Caleb that I think you'll be able to remember. Number one, Caleb had a faith that did not waver. Not one little bit ever. Now, that's quite something. For 45 years with not seeing a whole lot happen, to have a faith that did not waver. And he also had a strength, because of that faith that did not waver, that did not weaken not one little bit. And because of that and that strength that caused him to see through what God intended for him to see through, then he was able to have a blessing that wasn't wasted. And I'm telling you, it's sad to see so much great blessing to the individual and blessing to the other, other people that is wasted because people cave in to the culture of the day that says you're supposed to retire at 65. Who says so? The Bible doesn't say anything about anybody retiring at 65. There's only one example in the whole Bible of somebody retiring. Really, they didn't retire. They just quit doing what they're doing so they could mentor others and be a consultant for other people. And we read that about the Levites. And, 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 so, and there's nothing that would suggest to us that we should be backing off at any age at all. And so Caleb had this faith that did not weaken. Now, let me tell you, back there in Numbers, 14th chapter, we read all about that and, and that faith and that perseverance and that vision that God had given him. Uh, we read in the Scripture, the Lord is pleased with us if the Lord is pleased with us. What a humility. What a wonderful humility to say it that way. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Now, that's faith. That's faith because that land was full of all kinds of obstacles. In fact, there were so many obstacles in that land, they sent a delegation over to represent all the children of Israel to inspect the land, more than 80% came back with this negative report. There are giants over there. The cities are walled. It's impossible. And they just withered in the, and trembled. But what did Caleb and Joshua do instead of trembling? They triumphed because of a faith that did not waver. When they saw these great giants, the, the, the majority of the people said, these giants are so big, so they saw this, these big giants and a little God. But Caleb, with his faith, he saw a big God and little giants. 
And that's the kind of thing that will carry us through and help us to experience the kind of experience that Caleb had in being the blessing that he could be and, and being the example that he could be. Because the Bible says, he said, but because, Numbers 14, 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. Now listen to this. Follows me wholeheartedly. No reservation. No reservation. No distraction. Wholeheartedly. You know what? I've kind of come to the conclusion that there are followers of Christ. There are faithful followers of Christ. But then there are full, full followers of Christ who follow wholeheartedly. And those are the kind of people that will press on in spite of any adversities and any difficulties that might come their way. He had a faith that did not waver. And he said, 45 years later, in, in uh, Joshua, we read that 45 years later, if I can find that scripture, we'll be all set. But he repeated the same thing. If, if, we are, if God is pleased, then we will inherit the land that God has for us. And God has something for all of us to be, something for all of us to do, something for all of us to experience and enjoy to the fullest as we have a faith that does not waver. Let me tell you, crises can cultivate creativity. Now think about that. Caleb faced a crisis. He faced a challenge. But that stirred within him creativity. And he said, if God be pleased, because you see, he realized that God had a part and he had a part. And this is the way it works. If we do what we can, which is wholeheartedly following the Lord, then God will do what we can't. And we can see great victory. When I first came to Moncton, the first pastor that I met, who had been known around Atlantic Canada, really, because he had had revival meetings in different parts of the land. And he said to me, Pastor, Moncton has been preached over and preached over and preached over. The people are gospel-hardened here in this city, and nobody's ever going to see anything happen again in the future like has happened in the past. Now, isn't that exciting? Doesn't that inspire you? Well, I have to tell you, it did inspire me. And I just had this belief that if we do what we can, God will do what we can. And God is anxious and wanting and willing to bless his church where people are willing to pay the price and follow him wholeheartedly. And so we just need to believe for great things no matter what. And so we did. In spite of people's naysaying and all the rest and saying it can't be done, it can't be done. But I just thank God that all the people who keep saying it can't be done, it can't be done, it can't be done, are continually being proven wrong by those who are doing it. And they do it because they have a faith to believe that God is going to bless as Caleb did because of what God had called him to do. And so later on, the church began to go forward, and a lot of people were coming to Christ, and we're having wonderful baptisms and seeing transformed lives, and the church was really booming. And a friend of mine in Halifax, he said to me, he said, Laurel, you got it made in Moncton. Why, he said, 
In Moncton, there's an evangelical climate, and the people are open and receptive to the gospel. Anybody can see a church grow in Moncton. But he said, in Halifax, an entirely different matter. He said, there's a modernistic element here you can't see happen in Halifax, the kind of thing that you can see happen in Moncton. Everywhere you go, people are saying it can't be done. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do, what I've always done, what I'm going to continue to do till I draw my last breath. I am going to believe that God wants to bless people who have a vision for His purpose. And as we have a vision for His purpose, we don't have to be done until we are totally done. Well, then because of that, he had a strength that did not weaken. He had a strength that did not weaken. And I'm telling you what, when we have a faith that does not waver, God will give us a strength that does not weaken. I want to read to you a verse of Scripture from Romans chapter 11 and verse 29, and we read these words. For God's gifts and His call, His call are irrevocable. Now, some people would read that. His call is till I'm 65. His call on me. Now, just remember this. Everybody who's a born-again Christian, there's a call to serve in some way, somehow. And so this for all of us, not just somebody who's called to ministry like I am, but it's for all of us. That call is irrevocable. It doesn't change when we get to be 65. It continues on, and, and, uh, and we can continue on as he would have us to continue on if we have a faith that does not weaken so that we'll have a, a does not waver, so we'll have a strength that does not weaken as we realize the necessity of this call continuing on in our life. One time I was preaching at a big conference in South Carolina, and i never forget it. I, I was wound. It was a wonderful experience. They were punctuating for me, I'll tell you, as I was preaching. And I was talking about a call to a cause that we need to be committed to. So we have a call to a cause, and I was preaching. Now, I wouldn't preach this way today like I did then maybe because it might not have been totally discreet, but I told that if I, they ever put me in a senior's home someday, I am going to preach as much as I can preach in that senior's home. I'll get a crowd together, and we'll preach up a storm. And if I have, and this is probably it shouldn't be said, but if I have a stroke and one side of me is totally paralyzed and I can only wave one hand at the time while I'm preaching and on one side of my mouth, then I will do that because there's a cause. There's a cause that is important enough. And there was a man there that I found out years later by the name of Tom Bunting who went from that and he was, had been ready. He told me this story later because we had him come here and speak at one time that he had his resignation all written out because he was just facing so much pushback and so much difficulty. He was a chicken farmer, and he was going to go back to chicken farming. And he said, after that message, I tore up that resignation, and I decided I am going to be committed to the cause because of the call that God has put upon me. And he went back to build Lead the biggest church of hundreds of people coming to know Christ in that whole state. We don't have to give up. We don't have to give in. And let me tell you this. 
Our career is what we retire from. It's not our call that we retire from. We, we have, we've been given a career that we all have had in our lives, some kind of a career. That's what we, that was our job. But we were, we were created because of a call. And so let us fulfill that call to the glory of God as we see this great man, Caleb, doing. We read in Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 4, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. Do you believe that? That he'll sustain you at whatever age. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. If he made us, he can sustain us. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. I remember hearing about a fellow who had this beautiful garden. And somebody was admiring his beautiful garden. And they said, that is one beautiful garden you've got that God, you and God have made. And the man said, yeah. He said, you should have seen it when God had it. And, and I'm telling you, it's not just God doing it. We have to do our part. And when we do our part, then there is no question that God is ready, waiting and willing and wanting to do his part. So then, this is the best part of it all. Leaving the best to the last. Because of a faith that did not waver. Because of a strength that did not weaken. So that he was able to be and do what he was meant to do. That helps us to be what we need to be. So that we can do what we need to do. Then there was a blessing that was not wasted. And we read in the 15th chapter. If you want to look there. Of Joshua the 13th verse or so. How that. Now he had inherited the land. He didn't get dissuaded by the opposition. Now, we all face giants in life. And many here have faced almost insurmountable giants. And if you knew in my own life some of the things that have gone on, you would think, how does that continue? How does he carry on like he carries on? We all have these heartbreaks, these setbacks, these disappointments. But it's not the circumstances that dictate whether we go forward or not, it is how we respond to those circumstances. And we can respond with faith and perseverance and have the strength to persevere. And then there will be a blessing that will come that will not be wasted. Because what happened? When he got into that land that God had, and, uh, had promised, he was able to pass out portions of land to his family and to other people so that those other people were, were greatly blessed by what Caleb had determined and persevered and had the faith to keep doing. You know, I finished here at the church as pastor in 2013, and I took about a month to do nothing. That was about the worst month of my life doing nothing, and I decided I had to do something. We figured it out, and so now I'm CEO of what's called the Buckingham Leadership Institute, and we're having the great joy of mentoring other pastors and doing consultations in churches, see decline churches, turn around, 
go forward. Some have been declining for 25 years or so, and last generation after generation. Oh, it is so tremendously exciting to see that happen. And we've had what we call believability conferences. And some of my peers and some of my leaders of the past have said to me, Pastor, you are having a greater impact and a greater influence since you have finished at Moncton Wesleyan Church than in all the years that you were at Moncton Wesleyan Church. So, Think what might have happened. Think what might have happened if I'd said, I'm 65, time to retire. This building had, was nowhere near, even in anybody's mind hardly, when I was 65. And it was years later that we built this facility and built this atrium out here. I wonder what might have been lost. Now, maybe somebody else would have carried it on. That would have been absolutely glorious. But what might have been lost if I had determined I'm going to retire at 65? And I just feel bad to see somebody hanging it up at any stage, in any way, because this calling is irrevocable, and it continues on forever. As, as, as long as we are alive, we are not done until we are done. We had somebody come here, I think it was around 2010. This facility was built in 2008, and I met them out in the lobby here, out in the atrium, and uh, they said, do you remember me? I said, boy, you look a little bit familiar, but I, I'm not quite placing you. And he said, well, we came here in 1981 from San Diego, California, from Skyline Wesleyan Church to try to get you to go to our church to be the pastor. Now, the Skyline Church at that time was the largest church in our denomination. And, and I was at my worst as far as going through difficulties in 1981. That was the worst period that we kind of walked into. And I'll tell you what, I, I love the weather in San Diego. Man, have you ever been saying The weather's almost perfect. I hate snow. I hate cold. I've grown brought up here, so I should be used to it. By now, you'd think after 82 years. But anyway, I've never loved it. And, and so all of that from the physical was attractive. Salary was twice as much as what I was getting here. But I'll tell you what. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There was a calling to a cause to which I had to be committed. And that was a test to that commitment. I had John Maxwell and the district superintendent out there calling me, wanting me to take the church. I said, I can't do that. It, humanly, I wanted to. I, but I knew what God had called me to in this city and in Atlantic Canada. And I wanted to see this church reach its full potential so it would help encourage other churches to do the same. And I, didn't, I, couldn't, I was a little bit presumptuous maybe, but I had a faith that I believed that it could happen, and I wanted to see that blessing spread around all over the Atlantic region and across the country, if possible. And so we continued on, in spite of some of the challenges and the rest, as, you, as they say, his history. But this guy, he said to me, he said, we would give, now this is a guy from Skyline, which was one time the largest church in our denomination. He said, we would give our right arm to have a facility like this. Well, that was kind of a vindication. 
Now, a facility is just a facility. It's a means to an end. It's not the most important thing in the world, but it was a vindication, even though I really didn't need the vindication, but it still was an affirmation. Thank God that I didn't give up. I didn't weaken. I didn't give in. There was a strength there. When we follow God's call, if it's God's call, he'll give us the strength to see that call through. And then we can be a blessing to others. And let me tell you, what a joy it is to see other people being blessed and other people being encouraged. We've gone through transition with our own organization, the Leadership Institute, to try to improve on it, try to have it, help it to have more impact. And we're still in a creative process. And so we decided that we should put this online. And thank God we did because it was before COVID that we did that. And, but it was going to cost us a fortune. We got the price dwindled down to $10,000. And I remember having a discussion on a Tuesday whether we go forward with this or not. And I said, we can't do it. There's no way possible we can do it. We don't have the, we're just barely making it as it is financially. How in the world could we ever spend another $10,000 to do this in a mentoring session with, uh, that would be live and have professionals come in to film it? But then I said, we can't do it, but we've got to do it. We've got to do it. And so we made the decision to step out in faith and move forward. That was on a Tuesday. On a Thursday, I get a call from a guy that, a layman who was all fired up about what we're trying to do with the Buckingham Leadership Institute. And he said, Pastor, have you ever thought of getting this professionally filmed so it can be online and also can go to missions fields where people don't have access to this insight and this information, this leadership teaching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and it can, have, it can be spread worldwide. I said, I can't believe you're asking me that. We decided the day before yesterday to go forward with it. But I said, the finance is our biggest challenge, and we went on and talked, and after a while he said, well... He said, let me know how you do after you get it all done. And then we talked some more. And the more we talked, the more excited and fired up he got. And then he said, where do I send the check? $10,000. And within days, we received the check. I'm telling you, my friends, I just have this belief. I have this belief. If we step out in faith like Caleb did and we follow the Lord wholeheartedly to do what we should do, then God will give us the grace and the strength to be what we should be so that we can really truly do what we should do. And so we see this man, Caleb, wholly, fully, completely following the Lord. Then we read in Joshua and in Psalm 92.14, we see there, he said, they will bear fruit in, listen to this, don't you love this? I love it, you may not. They will bear fruit in old age. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you can't bear fruit when you're young either. No, sir, read just as much so. And will stay fresh and green. I've got more, I've got to be more creative today than ever before in my life. I've got to be more of a learner now than I ever was before in my entire life because of the changing culture. And then, you know, when I think of that, oh, so many people get sour. I think some people read that scripture when it says, rejoice evermore, 
to read, rejoice until you're 65. And then you can stop rejoicing. You can be as nasty as you want to be. But when you are filled with the Spirit, when you are fulfilling a purpose that God has called you to fulfill, that joy will remain in you. Let this joy be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Not until you're 65, but till you draw your last breath. And may it be so to the glory of God. He said, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till, until, now this is, this is what I love, until I declare your power to the next generation. And that's what we're doing all the time. I teach at Kingswood University all these principles about leadership and the methodology that is necessary in today's world in order to see the church go forward. And it's just wonderful to see those young students eat it up and seem to be so helped by it. By the way, one of the persons that was in that at one time was Austin that just read the Scripture here this morning. And he says, your mighty acts to all who are to come. God help us to continue on for his glory. I want to read to you something that somebody wrote to me very recently. And it was a result of a, of a um, retreat that we had of mentoring pastors. Now, God just opens unbelievable doors when we pursue his will. And when we do not let our faith weaken, waver, and our strength weaken, then I'm telling you what, we can see God's blessing all over the place. We were given a resort to have a pastor's retreat, a five-star resort, if you can believe it, at no cost. It was a $25,000 gift that was given to us at no cost so we could mentor pastors. So we had a bunch of pastors there. And one of those pastors wrote something. And I'm talking, now you're talking, a blessing. <laughs> he had a blessing that was not wasted. And that's kind of what we're talking about here right now, a blessing that was not wasted. And this is what this guy said, young pastor. I am still frequently and will be for a long time thinking back over our time and thanking the Lord for such an amazing opportunity. Pastor B, I am a young leader with much to learn, but getting to spend a few days with you brought so much encouragement to me for my future in ministry, in my life. Of course, your legacy at Moncton Wesleyan will be down in history books, but I have to say the legacy you're leaving through investing in young leaders and older ones will be the legacy that extends far beyond Moncton Wesleyan and the city of Moncton, for years to come. Wouldn't it, if that's true, wouldn't it be a shame for that to all get wasted? Amen. So then he said, I had some expectations regarding the few days that we were to be away, but it's safe to say that my expectations in all areas were surpassed. The content of the sessions were, of course, fantastic. Your lived experience has such high value. You've done it. You've lived it. You've proven it. Thank you so much for your investment into me as a young leader. The timing of the retreat was wonderful because I've already been able to implement many of the principles and golden nuggets that we talked about as I gear up for the fall ministry launch. 
Now, wouldn't it be sinful if I were sitting back twiddling my thumbs and watching TV when there's all this opportunity to help others, and we all have that opportunity to be helpful to others. Maybe I'm back on again. Am I here in the... Yes, I didn't need this thing. Now, let me just, let me just conclude this way. You may be sitting there saying, well, that's easy for you to say because you've got this, this calling, and I've got a job that I hate. And there's people like that. They've got to make a living. They're in jobs that are not very exciting. But I'm saying to you, with that kind of, even with that kind of a job, you can have a passion for something, a passion for something that you can be excited about that may be nothing to do with your job, but may be to do with some other opportunity of ministry whereby you can be a blessing to other people. And so find that passion and, 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 and find that opportunity because it's there for you. There's such a need. There's such an incredible need. We're not done until we are done. I was walking in our neighborhood yesterday. I tried to get my 10,000 steps a day in. And that's where I can do a lot of meditation too, by the way. And the neighbor stopped me and said, what are you preaching about tonight? Oh, I just had a love. I enjoyed telling him. I said, I'm going to be preaching about you're not done until you're done. And I said, it's about Caleb. He had a faith that did not waver. He had a strength that did not weaken. And he had a blessing that was not wasted. And he said, but pastor, you're never done. He said, someday you're going to be in heaven. And you won't be done there. And then he said, and the influence that you've had while you're here on earth can be multiplied and can continue after you're gone. I say hallelujah. We're never, ever done until we are done. And even then we're not done. Praise God. Let's press on. Do his will. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.